Hello, everyone. I'm Al Daldegan, creator and producer of the Leaders, Innovators, and Big Ideas podcast, supported by Rainforest Alberta. This podcast showcases the people who are working to improve Alberta's innovation ecosystem. The host for this episode is Uriel Kararwa. Uriel is a program manager at Inclusity Calgary, an organization devoted to the inclusion of diverse and underrepresented voices in the design of technology. With a background in neuroscience, Uriel has been coordinating community events and working with neurodiverse groups in Lethbridge, and has spoken on the topic of atypical neurology on the TEDx stage. Uriel is always exploring opportunities to impact communities in areas like IDEA, social innovation, and sustainability. Let's join Uriel for another episode in his BIPOC series, this time with guest Jerome Morgan. Take it away, Uriel. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Leaders, Innovators, and Big Ideas podcast. I'll be your host for today. My name is Uriel, the program manager over at Inclusity. We help companies of all sizes put people first, right, as we design better tools and technology solutions. I'm one of the first employees of Inclusity, which is akin to being a startup founder. It's the closest thing you can get to being one without actually being one. And I've been listening to this Libby podcast for a while and was inspired by the women's series and wanted to showcase the BIPOC community in Calgary's tech ecosystem. What better way to do that than to chat with some of the amazing BIPOC founders and contributors and people like my guest today, who has many hats and has been around the block and so much so that, you know, when I was uh, sharing with people my grand ambitions of starting this podcast, this guest was, you know, recommended by basically everyone. My guest today is Jerome Morgan. He is the Associate Director at uh, the Social Innovation Hub and a person dedicated to increasing the diversity and promoting better outcomes for founders and entrepreneurs. But he'll tell you a lot more about what he does. So welcome to the Leaders, Innovators, and Big Ideas podcast, Jerome. Nice to have you on. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you, Yurov, for inviting me. I'm really honored and excited to participate in this conversation. Yeah, a little bit about me and, and kind of what I do. So yes, I'm Associate Director of the Social Innovation Hub at Innovate Calgary here on the university campus. But we're all about supporting innovation and tech development and social impact uh, business development in, in Alberta. And so we're a place to support entrepreneurs in kind of uh, building and, and developing their companies and making an impact in this province. Okay, so if you don't know yet about Innovate Calgary, you should definitely look into it. They have programs for 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 a whole lot of people depending on like where you are and and kind of what you're striving to do let's maybe get into the weeds a little bit here about innovates calgary and then i'm gonna go back and focus on 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 you and as well as the bipoc community but what are some things that you know innovates calgary offers and uh specifically for underserved demographics and founders and all that yeah yeah great 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 question yeah i think we have like a big suite of opportunities and, and services starting from just in general or tech like universe innovate calgary is technology transfer office over 30 years of uh, supporting startup development and facilitating and commercializing research and ideas outside of the university 
And so strong background in that. We have a number of different hubs as well, from our life sciences innovation hub to our energy transition hub that's downtown. We just launched our our Elevate IP a couple months ago. So supporting folks around getting access to resources and supports to protect their intellectual property. Um, and that has a mandate around uh, BIPOC and rural communities as well. So it's all across Alberta. And there's a number of grants and, and funding that's connected to that and then supporting people on that journey. We also have our social innovation hub that we're in right now with our, our podcasting studio, which is great. More than anything, it's really around doubling down on supporting entrepreneurs to get to whatever goals that they're that they're they're aiming for and getting them the resources. If we can do it in-house, great. If not, we'll refer you to the ecosystem partners. We're one of the bigger players in the Alberta ecosystem, but also Calgary ecosystem. And then we also have UCEED, a set of funds that's centered on supporting entrepreneurs, early stage entrepreneurs to get from potentially $50,000, a $30,000 investment to $300,000 investment, depending on where you're raising and, and what your focus is. We have a focus around general health, child health, energy, and then social impact. And so, yeah, there we have a venture capital fund that's there for folks to kind of get access to resources that, that they might be needing. Amazing. Okay. So Inclusivity, for example, we've, we've gone through the Research to Social Innovation Incubator, which is really helpful in helping us develop our, our strategy. And I've also attended some of uh, your many events that you've organized here at the new innovation space, which were promoting either BIPOC founders or women, female BIPOC founders, or there's always like a, a focus for underserved or underrepresented communities. And that's, that's really, I think, a great service that you're doing. And, and uh, you know, I guess I'm wondering how, what inspired you to put as much focus as you did on these communities and, and continuing to do that. But yeah, tell me what led you down that path and, and uh, how did you get to where you are today? I, I guess that'll kind of lead into that. Yeah. Yeah, no, uh, good question. I think what inspired me when I, I took this role about two years ago, Jordana Armstrong, the visionary, the leader that said, that's been working on this for six years of trying to get this social impact or social innovation hub off the ground and raising the, the capital and the funding to make it happen. So yeah, when she called me and, and kind of let me know there was this opportunity that we're looking at, the first thing that I always thought about when I when I was a successful candidate was how can I make sure the communities that are usually underserved get the type of opportunities to participate in this grand, budding, emerging innovation tech ecosystem? And, you know, I have family in, in, in New York. I hear the stories. You know, I grew up in Toronto. Same thing, where Toronto is a tech hub, probably the biggest tech hub in Canada. Yet not every community gets access to the economic opportunities that come with that, the jobs, the, the, the programming, the accelerators, the, the access to venture capital investment to grow and scale their businesses, the loans, et cetera. And so I've seen that, that story and, that, and I heard that story many times over. And when you look at Silicon Valley and you look at the Hispanic and black communities and Filipino communities that make Oakland what it is and, Cal and San Francisco what it is, 
they're not getting the majority of some of that the the some of the significant value over the last 15 years of when Silicon Valley started to grow and scale. And so when I think about that, there's a lot of people that made a lot of money and, and did well, but it wasn't always equitable and it wasn't always diverse. And so for me, learning from that, I think it's really about looking at the patterns and the signals that's in the marketplace and saying, okay, and Jordan always talks about this, right? There's the Silicon Valley and the Bostons and the New Yorks and all the places that have big Torontos that have done this before, they figured it out. There's positives and negatives that, that can be fostered. Majority positive, for sure. Maybe we can look, learn about having an equity lens around making sure that more people get access to these the benefits of this innovation tech ecosystem and, and can get rerouted into new jobs or new opportunities or be part of the, the folks that are leading and building technology. And, and so for me, that's kind of where inspiration comes from, is that Calgary is not we haven't arrived yet. We're 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 a budding and emerging tech hub, so we can do things differently. We can look at who are entrepreneurs differently, who are represented differently, who's getting access to capital and programming, because all of us have incredible ideas. And, and I think diverse folks, they're not only you know underrepresented, but they're underestimated in the context of they're not necessarily given that opportunity because they have to solve problems regardless of wherever their situation was. So they're natural problem solvers. And part of being an entrepreneur is to solve problems for a customer and then, you know, get paid for your solution that you're providing. I think we have so many folks that are not participating in the ecosystem that could be. It's just there's different barriers and challenges around participating. And if we at Innovate Calgary and our social innovation hub can play a role in breaking down that barrier or minimizing that barrier or eliminating that barrier, depending on how many barriers that person is facing or those communities are facing, I think we're doing, we're going in the right direction and we'll have more equitable economic development, which will drive more wealth, more jobs, more opportunities within the city of of Calgary, but also the province of Alberta and Western Canada. And that's what I'm championing at the end of the day. A little bit around how I got here, like I said, you know, grew up in Toronto, did most of my education there, my undergrad and master's there, worked in that ecosystem, well-connected in that ecosystem. And and then, yeah, when the opportunity came out west and, yeah, you know, started a couple of businesses on the, along the way and learned a little bit around around how to build a strong business and yeah employed obviously a number of folks as well within that and and contributed to the economy in ways that I think so much more people want to participate and also want to champion and also just uh, the whole idea around you know innovation and technology is the future it's it's going to be part of the diversification of the industries of Alberta let's not you know let's not go too far away like oil and gas is still here to be <laughs> And, and the other industries like manufacturing, but it's about growing more industries, especially as we get a bigger, larger population and, and newcomers start to come to this province and these cities. We want to have jobs for them, for them to be able to take care of their families, purchase a home and contribute to, to society in a positive way. Wow. That's amazing. That's, those are all great wishes to have for, you know, the ecosystem in Calgary and in Alberta, what is missing? You know, what, where do we go from, from kind of where we are now in a place where these words like diversity, equity, and inclusion for many people are front of mind, if not, you know, they've, they've heard it and, and have started to understand 
what these terms mean, uh, how do we get to a place where we can have more equitable outcomes for entrepreneurs of various backgrounds and, uh, and kind of continue to help reduce the barriers that people face currently? Because barriers, you know, it's different, it's contextual from, you know, generation to generation or year to year, even month to month, it changes. Uh, but, you know, funding is always a, a big thing, a make or break, uh, and, and how people acquire said funding. And there's, you know, so many, so many barriers that we could speak of, but we've kind of touched on the issues and we were touching briefly on kind of some of the things that we're doing here in Innovate Calgary, but what is there kind of still to be done? How, how do, what is, where does allyship fit into that? And I've been educated on, on allyship in a sense that we might think it's just like, you know, being a supporter of a cause, but allyship is that extra little bit of effort that is required in, you know, you're putting something on the line for yourself. There's a bit of sacrifice involved in, in being an ally where if you have the resources and somebody else doesn't, it's painful, you know, to, to give sometimes it's, it's painful to go against some, some preconceived kind of notion or bias that you might have and, and to think critically and to be uncomfortable and to learn and all these things, but that, that discomfort is, is required in let's say being an ally. And so that's maybe one solution to the question that I'm posing, but back to you, Jerome, what do you think kind of is needed at large or the things that are required to, to get us moving forward in the direction of more diversity, equity, inclusion, and yeah. You know, one one of the one of the, the principles, you know, I always, you know, kind of center on, you know, culture. And, you know, for me it's important for me to to really understand, you know, my perspective and where I'm coming from in the conversation. And so one of the key principles, you know, from West African ancestry is the Sankova principle, right? You have to look to the past to be able to look and understand the future. And so one of the key things I think is really important, similar to the the threads of like, there are other ecosystems that's done this before. Let's learn from that, and learn from what they've done well and what they haven't done well. And then let's also, and not to say that we're going to cookie cutter and bring what they did in here. The Alberta context is very different. The Calgary context, Calgary is very different than Edmonton. Right. As you know, Edmonton is the capital of Alberta. They, you know, they have some some of the key universities like we have in Calgary. But the culture and the pace of Edmonton is very different. Right. It's a center for the north around Fort McMurray in different ways. But we also have the corporate offices, some of the bigger offices here downtown in Calgary. And so the types of folks that center in the, you know, you have to be able to understand what, what's actually happening, even though we have the same goal, right? In in Edmonton, in Calgary, and in the rural communities, the same goal is to, folks want the same things, is to create a, a viable economy where folks can truly participate and achieve their goals for themselves and their families and to, you know, continue to maintain a quality of life. Right. That's that's part of the, the key component of living in Alberta is that there's a certain level of a quality of life that folks are wanting. And so coming back to your question, I think it's not deviating from that reality of what the people's goals are and what people are wanting to do and achieve. It's centering on that, but then also saying, hey, what do we do really well here and and what do we uh, want to cultivate and make sure that the, the inclusion is centered, especially now that we know more and more diverse 
newcomers are coming to Canada, but also folks moving from other provinces. The, you know, I remember when I first got here, the, you know, the, the, the population of Alberta is about 4 million people. It's definitely grown, right? Uh, I think I, I saw a stat in Calgary, 43,000 people moved to Calgary just last year in 2022. That number is going to be more in 2023, you know. And so when we start to look at the trends of where things are going, uh, we have to ask ourselves, are we ready, right, for the, you know, 500,000 people per year for the next three years, right? 1.5 million people are going to be moving to Canada. They say that, you know, Alberta is going to get 25 to 30% of that or 20 to 30% of that. That's a huge, you know, population growth percentage that we're going to get. That's going to continue to drive, drive up, you know, uh, participation in our province and our population growth as well. So we're going to need places for f- folks to live, jobs for folks to work, but also, you know, bigger economy for folks to participate in education and training. And I think for, for me, I think we just have to lean into what are the trends, what's the facts, what's the data, and then also then say, hey, what does the experience of these folks mean? How do we make sure that we champion that through either the right policy, the right programs, the right projects, and also allocate where's resources going to support folks in that in that way as well. And then also having more awareness that there are different challenges or different journeys for women entrepreneurs, for rural entrepreneurs, for newcomer entrepreneurs to be successful. And if we can learn, raise their awareness, and then identify some activities, programs, and new practices to kind of get them more connected to be successful, where the goal has to be centered on achieving a certain level of success uh, for all parties and for our industry to grow, I think we can be moving in the right direction. But not to be afraid of the hard conversations and the tough conversations. And that's what I try to lean into. That that uncomfortability or that, that discomfort is important for growth for individuals, but also for our sector, for, for us to kind of get to where we want to get to so that all people can participate in in this economy that we're looking to build. Yeah. Okay. So for everybody to participate, I think what comes to mind for me is the concept of equity again, where you speak of programs for different groups and, you know, everybody has different needs. So like understanding the needs of these individuals is, is, is something that we need to consider and, and to be constantly having conversations in this same vein. But if I were to throw the word, you know, representation to you, um, what does it mean for an industry, a culture, a country, or a company to say that they are, you know, representative of different groups or uh, that they have adequate representation? Is there really a point where we can say that we fully represent all these different and unique perspectives or, uh, uh, yeah, it's a complex word to try and try and understand and define. Yeah, no, great point. Um, I would say when you look at the data, it says, no, we're not truly represented. When you look at people that have disabilities and participating in the innovation tech space, when you talk about uh, women, when you talk about, you know, indigenous communities, uh, black communities, Hispanic communities, Filipino communities, they have a, a lower participation rate in, in the tech innovation space. The tech space and innovation space is quite diverse, actually. When you look at some of the reports, there's a lot of participation from certain cultural groups. And that's why equity becomes even more important, because you can have, you know, let's say 80 percent people of color, but it might just be dominated by a certain cultural group. 
that participates. And so, but that means there's a lot of other cultural groups that's not participating significantly. And so I think it's important to like really add in that question, that, that component of equity, where it's not necessarily just representation and diversity, but really looking at what, you know, going a little bit more deeper around the different types of diversity and the different types of participation and really understanding what does that picture look like. And so, yeah, for me, the biggest thing was starting with that data and then listening to people because even the data told us something different too. When we, you know, we started to, to do some listening sessions with rural founders and black founders from different communities, we saw that specifically from the black founders, you know, Nigerian community, they participate in the tech space a lot more easier than some other communities that identify as African or black. And so recognizing that, oh, it's interesting. And one of the key things that I've learned as as well, you know, we need to see more people celebrated, right? Mm -hmm. Some places have more access to accelerator programs or resources, or or maybe you have a, a family member or a professional or a teacher or somebody that is connected to the tech space and that encouraged you to participate. And then it made it a lot easier because you're like, hey, I know that guy or I know that girl or that's my auntie and she works as a data science analyst, you know, and she's encouraging you to participate in math and science. It's a very total difference versus you might grow up in the inner city and you might not have access to that. And you don't, and you might be the first one in your family to even graduate university, which is a little bit of my story. And so didn't have, you know, any engineers or data scientists to kind of uh, support you on that journey or to navigate that. So there's some people that shy away. You might be good at math, but you might not think you, you can really participate. So really shifting that idea, raising more awareness of diversity, celebrating successes of the type of companies that are there, I was super excited, you know, when we did our, the first um, BIPOC or the Black Tech Pitch event back in November, November in 2022, we had 25, 24 applicants apply for that. I think we had a window of like three weeks. And and then from there, we just kept on going. And, and then we had, you know, when we did the BIPOC Women's, we had another 24 or 25 applicants apply for that. Next, you know, we had 50, almost 50 founders in the ecosystem that were identified as BIPOC women and that were, and then that were also that identified as black. That's crazy. And that was just two pitch events and over 200 people attended those events. And so when you start to realize, one, there's a market for it. That's what that told us. That told us there's a market for it. People have an interest. They want to be connected to this innovation ecosystem. And this was one of those few points where they saw something that they were they might have not worked in the tech space, but they were connected to the community and they wanted to see what was happening in Calgary. And that's one of the biggest things that people always say is so much is happening in Calgary, so much is happening in Alberta, especially around innovation tech. And we want to be part of it. And also we want to be celebrated in it. You know, mm-hmm. and I thought that was huge, a component of like the celebration. It's not just celebrating the founders, it's celebrating the communities. Because if the communities feel like you're accepting them and they can be at the University of Calgary, if they can be at a platform or be at a tech innovation space and feel welcomed and somebody's going to come and talk to them and and ask them questions and they can participate, I think it's major. And that's what adds to and takes the representation to the next level. But I think having people that are trusted, connected, and that's trying to do that outreach and is also about doing things differently Connected with that cultural component, because I think culture is really key. It's, it's, it's about building bridges and welcoming people in ways that matter to them. 
and then being able to work together to foster the types of experiences and the types of changes that you want. And, and yeah, it's about partnership. We've had over 20 partners on those two pitch events because we believe in community building. Many hands make light work, as my grandmother mm-hmm. would say. And, and it's really around celebrating and cultivating a space for folks to be able to grow. And it's not, it doesn't matter if, if you get if Innovate Calgary supports you or if it's Edmonton Unlimited or Platform. For me, it doesn't matter where in the ecosystem you are. As long as you get what you need to build your company and to build yourself as a founder and we support you along the way, that's success to me. And so, yeah, we want every company, every founder to be able to get the resources that they deserve and to be able to build their companies because they're making Alberta better. They're not just making the city better. Okay. If it's possible, we'll have your grandma to come on the show, please. She sounds very quotable. Yeah. (laughs) But no, that's great. So, you know, representation is so important because you can, you know, see yourself reflected through somebody else. So in seeing somebody else kind of go through various challenges and and still come out and be successful and uh, do things that you maybe might not have seen yourself be able to do, then it's inspirational. It's, it's, it's moving and it could be the key to, you know, letting people and, and whether it's me as a youth who was looking up to people who were doing great things and who were inspired by them, or as you shared as well in your development, there's surely people that you saw that you're like, okay, wow, black people are in this space. And, you know, you gave yourself permission to be there too. And that's great. And so let's talk about you on a personal level in terms of having had your own ventures before coming into Innovates Calgary. What were some of those challenges that you experienced as part of being a Black founder and that, you know, made you even stronger in the end, as we, as, as you had quoted earlier, that like these, these challenges can, can be formative, but it is not to say that we need to or should experience any additional challenges, we should say. So, yeah, tell me about you and kind of those challenges and how, or overall story of like how you founded your earlier company. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so one of the key things is, you know, I probably would say I always wanted to be an entrepreneur. And part of it was always, you know, I grew up lower income and, and I and I wanted to set, I'm also the oldest of six, so I wanted to set a good example for my younger siblings. And, and, and just, but yeah, I wanted to be a business person. I think there was the idea that, you know, especially, uh, you know, being a person of color, you know, weren't going to be able to be a successful business person or you're not a, and, and so that was something I really, you know, really was important to me. I would always watch things on like Jay-Z and, and you know, other business, Magic Johnson. They would always talk about the type though, the amount of jobs they created for their community. Mm-hmm. Right. And for me, I was always really focused on that. Right. It wasn't necessarily about just making money. For me, it was about how do I create jobs for people? And I wanted to be a job producer because I felt like that was going to economically empower the five people that was working for me in my business. And they can support their children and their family and their husbands and their wives. That's the stuff for me that was motivating because I really just wanted 
those type of opportunities. I want somebody to just believe in me and know that I can contribute in a significant way. So I think there's that one thing of just wanting to, you know, break stigma or, 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 or those pieces. But I think also, you know, an imposter syndrome, right? If you don't have mentors or you don't have people around you mm-hmm. that's done it before, that, uh, that uncle that can say, hey, keep on doing what you're doing. I see, I see what you're doing. Or that auntie that says, you know, I, I really believe in you and let me know I'm going to be your first customer. Uh, and that's something I always take on. I love supporting people's businesses. And I make it a goal to try and do that because it's so it's hard to be to make get customers, to get somebody to take money out of their wallet or their purse. It's not easy. And and so I respect entrepreneurs in a huge way because you got to take rejection in significant ways, but you got to continue to push forward. And so for me, it's been really around letting go of that imposter syndrome that I, I know I'm supposed to be here. I know that our communities are supposed to be here and that we have a lot to offer and we have great products and services and ideas and we can build great businesses. And so just continuing to champion that significant way. And yeah, some of the biggest challenges that I've had definitely, you know, from the lending side, really understanding, you know, getting access to loans around your business, really building, you know, a strong venture, right? I think the systems of your business is really important. I always ask, you know, what I've learned is like, hey, like, I can't sell myself. I'm the business. If I'm the business, I can't sell myself. I have to build the systems of the business, the operations of the business. And that's what I'm going to sell if I decide to pivot from it. And so, you know, sometimes that's the biggest challenge is how do you build a strong venture and the infrastructure of a venture? And so trying to support folks to get that that knowledge and, and information. And then, yeah, just continuing to double down on on just believing in what I'm trying to do and that it takes time. It doesn't just happen overnight. And then building a tech company, obviously, you know, it's a different beast as well. And so, or social impact business. And so it's just really understanding the journey, learning and getting people around you that has done it before or have, uh, you know, really good information. Just really looking at why your why i think when you lean into your why it helps you overcome some of the biggest challenges but there's a lot of of challenges but there's also a lot of positives as well and you learn about yourself in a way that that you know you can never take for granted again and i think that journey of an entrepreneur that resiliency that that grit that they develop that the problem solving skills the resourcefulness the leveraging different types of knowledge in different areas to to achieve momentum and achieve impact. Oh my gosh. You know what I mean? Like I think it's so valuable. And and so for me, I'm I'm always I know every year I've grown because I get to look at my business and my business tells me who I am. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and uh but I think it's a humbling but also exciting and rewarding experience as well. Every two, the, you know, no two weeks are the same. And yeah, I highly encourage uh, anybody that has an idea to to put it into fruition. Also knowing that, yeah, your first venture might not be successful. It might be your fourth or fifth, but the goal is to try and build that, that muscle because, you know, it'll thank you later. And it'll, it's transferable as well in different fields and sectors. Totally. Yeah. The idea that like hardship develops resilience and definitely, you know, wouldn't want a uh, frictionless life. I uh, wouldn't wish that on anybody. So there's that like, you know, stereotype or uh, narrative of like gritty individualism. I think that's a lot that's seen a lot in, in North American culture and like in the tech scene, especially, but um, 
people are also coming from different like social and cultural upbringings where individualism isn't quite seen the same way, right? Where um, everything is centered around the community or, you know, maybe more family centered or what have you. I was listening to the radio the other day and uh, there was a university prof that had interviewed, you know, a large number of newcomers and uh, they all professed the same thing and they'd come from different places around the world. But the gist of it is that they felt like moving to Alberta, they didn't have the same relationships that they did with their neighbors compared to back home, or it was much harder to, you know, strike up conversations. There's a lot of changes and obviously differences to adjust to in terms of people coming from different backgrounds, but still addressed this kind of social and communal aspect of building better futures and that it involves all of us and, you know, we're going to need to do it together. So in building a community, right, where we're, we're a lot more bracing of that communal aspect and a little, just a tad bit less individualistic, what role does like community have in developing better futures for develop, developing more equitable outcomes, I guess, for, for everyone? Yeah, I think community is key, man. I think I think about people, groups of people working together around a common goal, hopefully. And if that can be leveraged, if the the goal is the collective, uh, you know, I think I think you know that that can foster a lot of positivity in a significant way. Versus just just one person has to win, mm-hmm. or just one person has to be successful. Versus saying, no, we want the whole community to be, success, be successful and we're going to support uh, different people in the community to feel and to be successful. I think also coming back to your point around, there's a lot of folks that are coming, moving into our country or coming to our city that are coming from collectivist cultures. And also people, there are a lot of folks that come from collectivist cultures as well, like indigenous communities and other racialized folks as well. And so it's, I think it's, you have to center on that. Even though sometimes, you know, capitalism makes you think, focus on just you, right? They market to just you. But I think it's not losing sight of kind of where you come from and also those collectivist values, because I think it's important. You got to take care of your neighbor because your neighbor is your customer, but your neighbor is also your friend. And and I think that type of stuff is important. It shouldn't be lost. Yeah, I think it adds a lot of value to whatever we're building. I think when you look at the types of events we put on, we we do center on community, hence the reason why I said, you know, we have on average minimum 10 partners on every pitch event. We don't believe it's it's our show. We, we believe it's our show. We want the community to come out and be a representation of Calgary. We want folks to, I love it when folks are like, I work in, I'm a social worker. But I heard about this event. My friend told me about it and I'm here because I want to see what the Calgary tech scene looks like. That beautiful to me. I'm a teacher or I'm an artist or I'm a creative and I'm a photographer and I want to be part of this innovation tech ecosystem or I want to be connected to it. I think that's, that tells me we're doing the right things versus it just being a bunch of bankers in here or a bunch of tech folks or, or just VCs. I think those are those folks are and those communities are important, but you're going to see some of those business professionals, financial professionals at these events because there's you know a closer proximity based off of industry, 
But when you when you start seeing folks that traditionally this is not what they do in their nine to five or, you know, somebody had to invite them and they feel like this is a place they can be and they want to be there, I think is is huge. And th- those are big wins for us. And we want to continue to champion that because then you feel like, hey, you know what? I might be able to start a business or, hey, I can work and support you in, in solving that problem. Or, hey, at some point you might need to hire me as a creative to be able to get your business to next year, to the next level, right? Kevin O'Leary highlights, you know, what, a year ago, if you ask him what's the most important skill set that's that's needed, he would have said the engineer, you know, a software engineer, somebody that can build that product and build that software. Now, he says, the number one person that he would invest in right now, this year, is a creative, somebody that can tell a compelling story, somebody that can get people to buy a product, Somebody that can foster impact and create followers where people believe in who you are as a founder and believe in what you're building as a brand. That's a skill set that you can have the best product in the world, but if you don't know how to tell a story and to get compelling, have a compelling narrative for folks to follow and and connect to that brand, you're not going to get customers. And so there's a shift in the market and there's a lot. Of, and I think it's 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 easier for folks to be more of a creative person and leverage their way of building and connecting and and cultivating relationships and telling stories versus just, you know, becoming that product developer, that software developer. I think that's, you know, it's accessible, but, you know, you need a certain type of skill set in that way. And then so there's there's an opportunity for more people to participate in this innovation and tech ecosystem. I love that factor. And so I encourage a lot of folks to participate. Amazing. Yeah. I think you know, what comes to mind is, you know, you need uh, to make change. You need more than one person to be involved here, right? You need a whole, a whole lot of people. Uh, and yeah, it's, it's a prerequisite for, for, for moving any mountain or molehill. And so, yeah, last question for you is, you know, there's so many people in the tech Calgary ecosystem dedicated to the cause of uh, um, EDI, equity, diversity and inclusion what are some of those people or or organizations that you know of that uh, you know you'd recommend as a resource um, for people to uh, inquire more about and also yourself you know where do people find find you yeah great great question yeah there's a lot happening there's there's a focus on supporting more diverse founders and larger ecosystem not just in Calgary but across the province you know, BIPOC Foundation comes to mind. They're doing some great work all over Western Canada, supporting Indigenous people, comer, people of, of color and newcomers into the tech innovation ecosystem from Lethbridge all the way to Grand Prairie, to Regina, you know, all, o- all, over, all over Western Canada. You know, Platform Calgary has a lot of programs and supports, staff that's willing to support you along your business journey you know, from Alberta Innovates and their different programming and funding opportunities for folks as well that they can get connected in that way. Rainforest up as well, you know, to other organizations, the 51 that's doing a lot of work around uh, women entrepreneurs and diverse women entrepreneurs. And and I would also add some place, some folks that you might not be thinking about, right? Like I, I think about the Catapult startups, you know, shout out to Daniel and him supporting newcomer founders. And, you know, the Newcomer Center and, you know, Calgary, Calgary. Immigrant Women's Association. Yeah, Immigrant Women's Association. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kiowa, 
there's so many groups that's doing stuff around entrepreneurship and, and business for newcomers and settlement, you know, jobs and employment. So there's so many folks that's doing some really great work, you know, Black Women in Action. There is also, you know, BBVA, Black Business Ventures Association, if you're a Black founder that wanting to, you know, get into an accelerator program that also recognizes that you are going to have a different perspective and a different journey in building that that tech startup, but they're going to give you the fundamentals and walk with you from a culturally connected place. But yeah, Edmonton Unlimited, you know, plug and play, et cetera, Startup TNT, they do some great work as well. And so just, yeah, there's a lot of players that, that are here to support you. And then obviously, you know, Innovate Calgary, the stuff that we're doing from a number of different hubs. If you're looking at stuff around energy or life sciences or social impact, or you're just wanting some support around building a new venture, you know, we have a suite of, of supports, investment funds, et cetera, that folks can uh, get access to. Yeah, just reach out and, you know, to myself or anyone at the Innovate Calgary team and, and we'll help you get connected into the ecosystem and support you on your journey as well as just coming out and participating. Sometimes you don't need to get into a program or, you know, just have a, a formal meeting first. Just check out the calendar. You know, Platform has events around tech ecosystem every Thursday. There's something happening at Platform. You know, check out our website at Innovate Calgary around our events, you know, our pitch events. Just come and get some food meet some people, slowly get those touch points of connection, build that community and then and network. And then from there, you know, set up a meeting and then take it from there. So there's some light touch opportunities. We have a breakfast club here at the Social Innovation Hub on the first Monday of every month. So you have the opportunity to just come and get connected and, and, and just meet like-minded people. And then slowly you can then start building your connections and your relationships. And then you'll be like, what? I've been to four or five events in the last month and you are now part of the ecosystem, right? So, uh, yeah, highly encourage folks to just participate. And uh, it doesn't have to be, you know, setting up a key meeting or something right away. It can just be attending an event that connects to whatever you're looking for, or something, a workshop that you might be interested in. Amazing. Yeah. Thank you so mm -hmm. much for providing all of your wisdoms and insights and, and sharing key resources as well as your story. Yeah, I really appreciate your time. And thanks for, you know, doing all the great work that you do, Jerome. Thank you. No, thank you for having me. It's an honor. And yeah, really been great learning about uh, the work that you're doing. And so really excited about what's next for you and, and what's next for the podcast as well. Thank you. If you haven't already, visit rainforestab.ca and sign the Rainforest Social Contract. Become part of the inclusive, silo-busting, sector-agnostic, all-industry, open-sourced, ego-shrinking, ecosystem-building, entrepreneur-focused, wide-open, social barrier-smashing community known as Rainforest Alberta. This episode was brought to you by New Idea Machine. NIM helps new software developers, UI UX designers, and product managers gain mentored, hands-on industry experience. And at the same time, we provide companies with risk-free tech talent. Definitely a win-win-win situation. Visit newideamachine.com for more information. Music for the show was created by Tony Deldegan. Please be sure to share this episode with everyone you know. Also, don't forget to come by and say hi at the next Rainforest event. Let us know what you think of this podcast. If you're interested in being either a host, sponsor, or a guest of the show, 
send me an email at rainforestpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. <laughs>